You are listening to the Success Leaves Clues podcast, where we're having conversations with regular people doing outstanding and legacy changing things in corporate America and entrepreneurship. If you're looking for the blueprint to help you make less mistakes on your journey to freedom and ultimate purpose, then this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Dr. K. I have with me today Justin Sloan, founder of Everbowl and Sloan Capital. Uh, he probably doesn't need much of an introduction. He's everywhere on social media. I see him all the time. Um, not only just a presence, but introducing good content that people actually learn from. And that's that's what really piques my interest with you. Oh, thanks, Dr. Ken. It's good to talk to you, man. I, I wish I was the founder of uh, of Everbowl. I'm hoping to scale a couple of states for him. Uh, but uh, Jeff, the founder, is a great friend of mine and has built a really incredible company there. So excited to talk to you about it, man. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. I thought she was, uh, uh, on, on, you, you market them so well. I thought she was on board with them. Or a founder. <laughs> it's, it's just, I, I eat, sleep and breathe Everbowl. I love this company as much. I probably not as much as the founder, but uh, it's up there. Well, tell us about Everbowl. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Yeah, man, we're making an attempt at making healthy eating fun. Um, So about 18 months ago or so, I was out in Scottsdale uh, for a little private event. And I tasted this acai bowl and mm-hmm. was like, what in the world is this thing, you know? And all of a sudden was like, this is, you know, this is what I want in my life. You know, I work from my office a lot. I'm on the road a lot. And having something accessible and delicious um, and that's good for you and makes you, you know, gives you some energy. Just it, it's something I became crazy passionate about. So went down the path of, you know, learning about the company, spending some time. Uh, and in the stores, Drew Brees ended up uh, investing into the company and purchasing oh. the rights to different states. Okay. Um, and then we purchased the rights to a couple states and have just been trying to open as many of these locations as we can. Every few weeks, we got another one opening. You know, it feels kind of weird to throw parties for a living, but that's what it is. Grand openings every few weeks or so, you know. Hey, you're rolling. It sounds like a, 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 a gr- good career and business to be in. Yeah, man. It's, so, uh, it's been so you're out in Scottsdale. Um, are y'all anywhere on the East coast yet? Yeah. So the, the company's growing like wildfire and it started in California about five and a half, six years ago. Um, and then during the pandemic is when they finally made the decision to franchise. The whole company was built not to franchise, um, Mm -hmm. but it opened up this other opportunity. And so through that, you know, we've got locations now in Georgia and Florida, um, we've got many going in Texas. That's the territory that I'm in control. Of. You know, we just opened our first in Baton Rouge, which is in Drew Brees' territory, you know, Indiana, Tennessee. And then once you start heading west, you know, Scottsdale, Colorado, Oregon, yeah. tons in California, almost 400 more in the works. So, again, we're making this big push right now to see if we can make healthy eating cool um, and, and taking a stab at it. Awesome. Um, so I'm originally from Florida, but I live in uh, Richmond, Virginia now. So there's not one, not one yet in Virginia. No, we got to find some friends of yours to get this rolling. It's yeah, we're on the train right now. For sure. So uh, how, how do the territories work? Um, 
do you, do you get the whole state or is it still not defined? Do they do regions within the state? How do they do the franchise uh, territory? Yeah, so every franchise is a little bit different, but essentially as franchises scale, they work with different area representatives, area developers, regional developers, whatever you want to call them. There's a million different names, but essentially, you know, they work with different people that help scale their concept, you know, so as Everbowl has had, you know, 400 and some stores signed up on, if every single one of those people had to fly to San Diego and go through that training center and do that and go through those exact stores, it would create kind of a log jam in um, how fast we could get stores open. Mm -hmm. So essentially what I did is I kind of took um, a couple states here in the Midwest and I purchased the rights to those and then have been building a team that helps us help people open Everbowls. Um, and so we actually open our own stores. We have investors that, um, you know, sometimes there's people that want to be part of the Everbowl journey, but they don't want to own the stores. So okay. we actually open up stores in some of these territories just to show proof of concept. Um, but if you take a city like Dallas, you know, Dallas is 100 miles across. There's no reason that one person needs to own all of Dallas or build out all of Dallas. So I opened up a couple stores there. And then through that, we found some other franchisees that are also in the process of building out locations. And we strategically kind of create an Everbowl, you know, team um, of myself and a few franchises that strategically plan out how to build the city and how to, you know, take on this, this big task. Um, and we're doing the same thing right now in Houston, and we've already sold a couple in Austin. And like I said, kind of doing the same thing that they did out of San Diego five years ago with one store, two stores, four stores, eight stores. And we're doing the same thing in Texas. Um, and by doing it regionally there, we're able to do it a lot faster and uh, and keep that quality control that we're looking for. Yeah. Why did um, the team with Everbowl decide to go to a franchise model? Yeah, it's that's probably a better question for the founder. But I, okay. I well, all I can say is I am forever grateful. You know, um, the <laughs> yeah. company. I mean, it's crazy because you know franchisees right now are really buying into a model that wasn't ever supposed to be available. You know, mm -hmm. Everbowl spent years and years creating this proprietary concept with proprietary food, and then on top of that has what they call We Build which is a construction arm of their company that mm. comes in and builds out our stores in less than a week. Um, wow. And so I actually had two recently in Texas where Everbowl came in on a Monday and by Friday, they built up two of our locations, you know, already with the cash registers, the food lines, the fridges, the wallpaper, the wall coverings, et cetera. Um, and they did it in five days. So um, there's these different pieces of the company that they built to help themselves scale. But yeah. essentially, their company was, you know, 99% um, located in California during the pandemic. And, you know, California wasn't very kind to restaurants and to businesses. You know, most of these stores had to, you know, have a table shoved up against the front of their um, store. They weren't allowed yeah. to let people cross over. You know, and through that, the company actually started thriving. And, you know, because of how much they fought back and then all of a sudden they took excess inventory and they were on QVC and they decided to take this thing that was supposed to put them out of business and say, wait a minute, what happens if we start looking at other ways of scaling and working with companies like mine and several other entrepreneurs across the United States that says, hey, 
I'd love to help you build Indiana. I'd love to help you build Colorado. I'd love to help you build this. And essentially, we just are a team of people that wake up every morning and think, how do we get more Everbowls? You know, how do we find more people to be part of this? How do we open more? How do we, you know, continue to grow this brand? Yeah, so one, it's unheard of to have a team that actually comes out and, and sets up a store. Even even more rare to do it within a week, but it's rare to even have a team come out and, and set up a store. And I I guess that's to keep, you know, the brand exactly the same and, and to keep cohesion. Yeah, absolutely. And and we even go to the point of having a team that works alongside of our franchisees the week of their opening. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, we train their people the first week. We're there right alongside of them when they open the doors. For the couple days following, we're right there alongside of them because we're not just you know, scooping some fruit into a bowl and shoving it at a customer. You know, anybody can do that. Anybody can buy whatever ingredients they want and whatever. But what we're really trying to do is create an experience around our meals. You know, healthy eating should not be painful. You know, I mean, how many times do I go and I get a salad at a restaurant and, you know, they give me the tiniest little bit of dressing and nine almonds on top and a dry chicken breast and it's $26 and you're just sitting there just cringing every bite of it because you're trying to be healthy, you know? Yeah. And then there's these things. You know, I literally just Uber Eats one an hour ago because I was hungry for lunch and want to have some energy this afternoon, you know, and it's a bowl of something that's delicious and fresh. And, you know, and, and there's things that, that they're, you know, it's got some substance to it, some peanut butter in there, some berries um, and stuff that just make me, you know, feel like I'm eating a dessert, but yet it's good for me and vegan. And um, it's just, it's like I said, it's what I'm passionate about and what I want more of in my life. And as we open up these stores, what people realize is, wow, you know, I, how much different that they feel when they incorporate something like this into their lives as well. Yeah, I think it's important to have, like you said, uh, not only something that you want to enjoy for healthy eating, but to provide something to the community. Because a lot of times there's 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 major metropolitan areas that have food deserts and don't have access to healthier quality food. Yeah, absolutely. And everything is so processed now. You know, I mean, like our Everbowl is stuff that's been around forever. Um, nope. And you'll see it if you go into our stores, our employees wear shirts that say Unevolve, which is our, our core mission which is getting back to eating and moving the way nature intended, you know? So what happens if once a week or twice a week, you switch out that processed fried food, you know, a 1400 calorie meal that makes you want to take a nap at two o'clock and switch it for a 600 calorie meal of stuff that comes from mother nature, you know, and and by making that choice once a week or going for an extra walk or, you know, going for a bike ride or whatever it might be, um, those changes compound. You know, and if at the end of every year, if you if you make two changes in a meal from 1400 calories to 600 meal, you know, 600 calorie, that's 800 calories in a meal. If you do that twice a week, you're going to lose 25 pounds by the end of the year off of two small decisions. Because, I mean, a pound is 3500 calories. So right there, you're losing over half a pound every week on those two decisions. And, you know, and then what happens is you start seeing that combo. I'm a perfect example, man. I don't want to show, I don't show before pictures, but I used to be a bigger guy, you know, and I travel a lot. I'm on the road 100, 120 nights a a year. I'm constantly in hotels and airplanes and airports. It's really hard to find ways to fuel yourself. Um, And and accessibility of food is just not there. Or like I said, it's, it's so terribly boring 
Um, and what we're doing is just trying to create a brand that says, hey, switch that meal once a week, twice a week, you know, make, make decisions that treat their body, you know, the way that you should and see how it reacts. You know, we see it all the time in our employees and our customers that just people change by eating our food. And it's, it's exciting. Man, I'm, I'm excited, too, that um, something so small as far as a decision can actually work so well. Because I'm just like you, I travel a lot, um, you know, for business uh, as an entrepreneur, we're always on the go. So it's always got to be quick, right? We're looking for the quick solution so I can keep on the go and get to the next task or next meeting. And that's why I make, you know, some of the bad choices I make. I was, I was vegan for like two months and I was like, I can't do it. There's no places to find the food. So that was the hard part. Yeah. What's so crazy is I'm not remotely vegan um, but our restaurants are, you know, all of our food, except for two items, which are the protein powders that we add into our smoothies. If you'd like everything in there is, is dairy free and vegan. And so it's, it's not something that I was really in the know about, you know, I'm from the Midwest eating potatoes, um, you know, to going out to eat is usually chick, you know, like going out to a quick serve is like Chick-fil-A or, you know, Burger King kind of stuff. And so, this just wasn't something um, Chipotle was my go to. Right. If I want a bowl of something that's relatively healthy, Chipotle was kind of my answer. But, you know, you're still getting that full, you know, groggy kind of feeling a few hours later. Yeah. Um, and what I found when I ate this bowl was just literally, I mean, like things changed. the way I felt changed. the energy in the afternoon, the way we slept, everything was different. Um, and so we're just on this insane mission to see how many of these we can get open and, and continue to spread it to as many communities as we can. So Ever, Everbowl is about the, um, now I mean we're pronouncing it because me and my daughter have this battle all the time. I say Aki, she says as, Acai. Acai, yeah. Acai, all right. So, um, so I don't it's think there's the, a right or wrong way, but there's, right. there's so many moves <laughs> out there that uh, there's, there's one that's like, I don't care how many times I pronounce the word, it's still wrong in my mind, you know? Yeah. Good, good. So I'm, I'm not too far off. But um, not only the bowls, but uh, what else is on the menu? Yeah, so bowls and smoothies. Okay. Um, and so we use, you know, proprietary superfood bases. Um, so it's kind of like Chipotle, but fruit. You know, there's some different bases that you start your bowl with, and then you can mix and match. Or we've got local favorites as well that kind of hit a few different flavor profiles. And then our smoothies are something that, you know, for the people that want something real quick or grab and go, you know, a lot of our locations are next to shopping places. So people pop in and then, you know, grab a smoothie and head over to Target rather than getting a, you know, sugary Starbucks drink. They're getting something that's vegan and nothing, no sugar added, simple ingredients. Um, and so, yeah, we keep the menu simple. The stores are intentionally small. The menus intentionally simple. And we're just going after a really specific niche, which is food that's been around forever. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh. The joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Yeah, it's, and it's interesting how it's been around forever. But at the same time, it's so cutting edge, you know, uh, like you said, everything's so processed now that um, this is groundbreaking. 
It really is. It feels like, I mean, it was when I had my first bowl, it was something that I had never remotely tried. And now every time I go to a new city, the first thing I do is order every one of my competitors or go visit anybody else that's trying it. And yeah. I did that even before we signed the rights to the state of Texas. Um, and I just can't find anybody that's remotely comparing in our quality, um, in our store design, and most importantly, in our culture. You know, we're, we're not just trying to shove bowls at people and make money, right? We're intentionally trying to help our guests unevolve and trying to educate them about some different food options that are out there. You know, we're working with, you know, people's baseball teams and their cheerleading squads and their soccer teams and things like that to help younger people understand that, you know, to fuel yourself for athletics, there's different ways to do it than maybe you've been taught before. Um, one of the coolest stories of Everbowl is that the first um, employee ever of Everbowl ended up becoming the first franchisee. And wow. you think about how powerful that is of employees yeah. that dedicated their lives to helping people have more food accessibility. And then through that, they've grown and become business owners that help continue to spread it. And you know, it's my goal that some of my employees at some point eventually go on to own some of their own locations and be part of this adventure as well. That's incredible. You talked about um, not only becoming a a franchisee, but there's also a way or a model that allows you to be an investor into a franchise. That's something I've never heard of. How does that work? Yeah. So part of um, what I'm trying to build here and, and with, with Everbowl, you know, I think that part of making healthy eating fun is also to make them people part of it in as many ways as we can, you know, okay. so rather than just being a customer I also created a structure that allows other people to passively invest into the stores that we're launching, right? So let's say there's people that are passionate about healthy eating, but maybe they own a roofing business or they're, you know, they do something else and they don't have time to go open a restaurant, but they love the idea of what we're doing or they love Everbowl or maybe they just want alternative income sources, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but the amount of time, like I'm in, I was in real estate big and you watch real estate climb, yeah. all of a sudden it becomes disproportionately part of your portfolio. And so we get a lot of investors that just, for whatever reason, they want to put different money to work in different ways. And so what we did is we carved off a portion of stores and we sell them in three store buckets. So it gives you a little bit of you know, ups and downs in case there's one store that's a little slower, one that's a little busier. Um, and so what we do is we allow people all over the country to invest into the stores that we're launching. Um, so it's it's kind of cool because I think I think investing should be fun. And yeah. I think investing is kind of this, you know, negative, like, oh, I got to take the money out of my paycheck and I got to wait till I'm 65 and all this kind of stuff. But to me, investing is also about creating and putting your money towards things where you get to see the change and see those dollars work. And yep. so when we thought about how to build this business, and I mean, I feel like we're going to build hundreds of these. We're already well on track. And so what I did was rather than me needing to own 100% of these and go to a bank and get a big bank loan and all that kind of stuff, I thought, what would happen if we crowdfunded making healthy eating cool? Mm. Right. And yeah. letting people invest into the stores and then we make them part of the journey, which I think is like it gives me goosebumps because how many times do you invest in something? You have no idea where your money's going. Right. You write your check to Apple. You're like, great. They put, you know, their 19th wing on their super center of whatever. Like yeah. that's not. Like, but with us, we you know, when the investors invest, we get to send them updates. Hey, we just signed the first lease. Hey, here's mm. the build out going on. 
hey, look at the new employees. You helped us create jobs by investing in Sloan Capital. You helped us create jobs. Now we invite them out to the grand opening. We document that. If you see, I'm sure you've seen them on my social media and stuff. Yeah. We throw crazy parties. Last Thursday, we had 400 people in line for one of our grand openings. And wow. we just throw these massive parties and our investors show up and their friends and their family and everybody that we know. And we you know, create this way where people are helping their friends and people around them get this accessibility to, for food. But then they're getting a check back every quarter off of, you know, essentially, make, you know, not essentially, but making money off of, you know, adding these options to their own communities um, yeah. and how powerful it is to feed your family and then also get an ROI from making those kind of decisions. Um, or, you know, and even if you're not living in the area where you invest at, um, to be able to see the stores growing and know that you're putting your money towards making jobs, helping create healthy eating, and knowing that for every bowl that we sell, there's a little bit left that's left for the investors and for us. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a good mission uh, behind it, too. Um, you also talked about the community aspect and how you get out and reach out to these little league teams and other people in the community. Um, makes me think, are, are y'all doing anything with um, to locally source uh, your, your produce? Is there anything with uh, local farmers? Uh, I don't want to know anything proprietary, but, you know, how are you, you know, getting your produce? Yeah, so we've got lots of different options and creative ways for getting things into our store and getting ingredients in there um, that give um, that are better quality ingredients than we would otherwise. Um, I'll give you one 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 example, and I don't want to go too proprietary down the road, but a perfect example is our acai. So mm-hmm. acai is grown down in Brazil. It's very difficult to transport. It has to be flash frozen very, very quickly. And most of our competitors, if you go into their stores, they're taking the acai and they're blending it with ice and orange juice or apple juice or whatever um, in order to get a worse quality. And so what we've actually done is we went to the extreme of actually working with some of the farmers in Brazil and actually creating uh, jewelry out of the acai seed bracelets. And then that's an extra revenue source to the farmers in Brazil that then make it easier for them to sell us the better quality acai that we can then get to our guests for a better price. Right. So there's lots of different creative things that we can do in the sourcing, both nationally and worldwide, as well as locally, to make sure that we're getting those you know, top quality ingredients. Most people don't believe that we sit there and cut every strawberry. I mean, every strawberry that's in our bowls, every pineapple, every everything. People come in there and they think it's canned pineapple. No, right. I mean, if you go in the back of our stores, every single pineapple is cut down, broken down, cut into chunks. Every blueberry is hand washed and stems are picked off. Like we mm. are intentionally doing what we can to get the freshest, best ingredients to people for the for the fairest price. Yeah, that's great. Like you said, you're so passionate about it. And on your social media, you got these parties, you know, 400 people. Um, not only is that, you know, a, a great source of energy to the community and kind of, you know, ru- you know, turns them up and gets them excited about the coming, um, you know, store that's going to be open in the community. But it's also uh, a gr- great for marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Part of our launch mission when we go in and and launch new markets is to throw a big party and then we document it and we use that footage and we retarget, you know, our ideal customers in that community. You know, I think when you I think there's a, a mission. Well, there's a responsibility when you bring a new concept into a community. 
You know, I think a lot of people want to open a business and then stand there and just expect people to come in there and try their food or try their product and support them. But the reality is there's new businesses opening every day in every city. And how could possibly people try every single one of them? So I look at it as our responsibility to make sure that we make it easy for people to try our food the first or second time um, as easy as possible. You know, and so the, the party that we throw the first night, every small bowl is free. Um, we try and give away as much food, all of the neighbors, you know, the people in the strip centers that we're located in. We want to make sure they're able to try our food because this is part of our community building is us outreaching and saying, hey, we know we're new. We know you've probably never tried anything like this before, but do yeah. me a favor. Just try it for free. You know, try it at no cost. Let me know what you think. And what happens is. You know, I mean, we've seen it just at this most recent store we opened less than a week ago is those same people that got the free bowl on Thursday night are back Friday and sometimes even Saturday and Sunday as well. Because what they find is that every time they come in, they can get a little bit different of a transaction. They can get a little bit different. like Just like Chipotle, you change one ingredient, you can change the whole bowl flavor. And we've done that, but with superfoods. Man, that's awesome. Um, So you made a transition from... Uh, your other business, you know, and investment strategies, you know, with real estate and stuff. Wh- why did you find Everbowl to be a good a good place for you? Yeah. So, um, if we rewind back, my first business that I ever built was a chain of cell phone retail stores. You know, right out of um, high school, I was working in cell phones. Um, I had become a manager of at a location. And then made the decision that I was going to take every penny I had and go open my own store and be my the only employee there. And I ended up building it into a pretty big chain of, of locations. Um, and then from that kind of made the decision, once we exited that, um, I made the decision that I really didn't want to have a physical business again. You know, so we started buying a lot more real estate, things that were more passive, or we had tenants that would rent from us. Um yeah. And, and then and then through that, as scale goes and diversification happens, what do we start doing? We start investing into some different companies. You know, I'm an investor in 15 or 16 different companies now. And then that's where we found Everbowl. You know, I was at an event where Everbowl was featured there and talking about what they were doing. And it just was something that I had never seen. And I went from never having interest in opening a physical location to like, signing the papers for Texas and being in Dallas as quickly as I could to get our first location open, building the staff. Um, But to me, this just, it seems like it's worth it. You know, I think about the skills that I gained from starting different businesses, investing in different things, watching a lot of different companies do a lot of different things through the pandemic and such. Um, And it just felt like it was one of those times to use the skill set that we had um, to go make a big difference in the world. Um, and if for the next five to 10 years, you know, we keep our heads down and everybody just opens these stores and treats customers the way that they deserve to be treated, what happened? I mean, can, like, it just seems like it's worth it. Um, and it's going to be cool to watch the end of it. Yeah, I can't wait to uh, to see the continued growth and um, w- watch them take over the East Coast because that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> We're coming there. So I got something um, that I like to do on every episode. So the name of the show is Success Leads Clues Podcast. So I like to point out a couple of clues that I got um, that helped you to become successful. And I'm quite sure the audience will pick up, you know, a lot of things yourself. 
awesome. so one thing is I noticed that you know how to, you know, really look at and analyze an opportunity. Right. And, and so many times I think people are not successful because they pass over opportunities, you know, so often and they don't know what's actually being presented to them at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think one, one thing that I love to do is to look at a lot of opportunities, you know, hmm. because if you look at enough, you start to realize what a good opportunity looks like. Um, so when I was first getting into rental properties, I was getting ready to buy my first rental house and I would, you know, every single day be on the MLS, be on every single site and, and literally like you're drafting a fantasy football player, be looking yeah. at the staff yeah. of the house, looking at the ROI, looking at this, tell, telling myself, Hey, I would pay this much for this house. It needs these changes, but then it would rent for this. And that's what would happen. And so every day I would fantasy buy three houses. And I'd put them into my spreadsheets and I'd see what would happen and be like, nope, this works. No, this doesn't. Here's why this works. Here's why this doesn't. And by looking at so many opportunities, then when that right opportunity is in front of you, it is screaming in your face. You know, it is literally screaming, pick me. You've been looking at a hundred of them. You know, I'm different. Right. And yeah. that's how Everbowl was to me. Like, it's the same thing. I am constantly every day. One or two different companies come through my email or text message or whatever says, you know, invest in this. Try this. Hey, we're raising money for this. But when you see something that's really, truly different, it just stands out so much that says, if you don't do this, you're an idiot. You know, mm. and that's, that's essentially that's you need to get so good at looking at stuff that. If you don't do it, you're silly because you've looked at so much stuff. You know it's a great deal. You've you've done the research. You've done the homework. Now it's time to just make the decision and go with it. That's right. You do it enough to know what right looks like. Yes, sir. Um, the other thing I noticed is your involvement in the community. And I think nothing else can help you to be more successful than being ingrained and involved in the community. Because as you provide a service to them, you have to also realize you're a steward to that community and helping the community grow as well as them, you know, just being a customer to you. It's not all monetary. Yeah. I think if you go into anything with just a take mentality that that will run out pretty quickly. So that's kind of, that's why we go into these new communities with a giving attitude, intentionally trying to give as much food as away as we can, you know, little events we're dropping off every day at dentist office, veterinarian office, everywhere that we can around mm. dropping off some food. You know, Jimmy John's used to do this many years ago. They, you'd be, I'd be working in one of my cell phone stores and somebody from Jimmy John's would just drop me off a little sandwich and a cookie and say, thank you so much. If you ever need anything, we're around, we're, you know, we're just down the street. And now look at that brand and what they did just by ha having people try their sandwiches. And yeah, I think that- I remember the AOL, AOL model, giving out the, the discs, remember? Yeah, absolutely. Just a simple little thing of what would happen if you just made it easy to try your product for the first time. Um, and then create an experience around it. And I think that's what so many people lack um, when they open new stores. It's like they get that grand opening pop or whatever, and then they just sit and take and take and take. And I look at it as, you know, if we're going to try and build the biggest business that we can, we owe it to ourselves and our investors from the moment we open that store to make sure we make as many friends as we can in our communities, because those are the people that you know are going to end up supporting that restaurant for years and years to come. And so we do everything we can. You know, yes, the first couple of months, the PL doesn't look all that great. But guess what? We make a lot of friends. We make a lot of customers. Everybody in those communities know who we are. And then from there, we get to uh, 
enjoy some of the financial stuff later down the road. Yeah, that's right, Justin. It's the marathon. Yes, sir. Well, um, do you got some type of link, uh, something I could put in the description? How do they get in touch with either uh, Sloan Capital or if they want to look into partnering with you or being a franchisee? Where do I send them? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Sloan-Capital.com is my website. Um, for franchise inquiries, you can go straight to Everbull or the easiest way to reach me is Instagram. I kind of went all in on just, you know, making lots of friends on Instagram and creating some stuff for there, showing what we're up to with our store launches and everything. And I, I know you better than anybody know that the DMs are where it's at. You know, it's amazing how many people you can connect with in the world and then create some amazing things just by simply shooting a message here or there. So if you're reading yes, it, shoot me a message. Let's, let's hang out. All right. I want to remind everybody out there, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Until next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Be sure to follow Dr. K on Instagram at Dr. K Washington or the podcast page at Success Leaves Clues podcast. We'll see you here next time. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.